0: Well, we thank you for Tim, we thank you for this time now as he comes to bring the word. We thank you for uh, the anointing upon his life, Lord, that you have anointed him to be your servant, Lord, whether it's to bring the word, to lead, or um, whatever you call him to, Lord, we know this heart is open, so we're confident, Lord, and we're receptive this morning to the word that you've given him as he brings it. So we just pray for him now that you would bless him as well, and work through him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well... (coughs) When, uh, when we talked about it a few months ago, um, John said, "Oh, you could speak on your last Sunday." I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that'd be nice. That'd be nice." Can I just tell you, it's quite tough speaking on your last Sunday um, because uh, you feel all this sense of, you know, wanting to say something important and significant, and then there's this other part of you that, you know, wants to say, "Well, this is what they're going to remember me for, so it better be good." <laughs> um, so, you know, this morning, um, really, I thought it would be good. I just, as I got before the Lord. Uh, I really, I really asked the Lord, Lord, would you give me something to share that's from your heart? Uh, because really that's what we want to communicate, isn't it? We want to communicate what God has to say. This morning isn't about uh, Helen and I leaving, it's about the ministry of the Lord. That's the most important thing. That always has to be the most important thing. Um, but having said that, um, when uh, you get to milestone points in your life, uh, you kind of find yourself reflecting, uh, this is a milestone for us it 's seven years virtually to the to the week I think we joined at the beginning of January seven years ago um, and hasn 't time flown um, you know it's just amazing really I suppose, to see what God has done but you, you when you reach these milestone points, you look back and you start to reflect on what 's happened and what god has done and and all of these kind of things and um, it's it's clear that you know uh, you, you start to think, well, Lord, have I, have I left anything? I don't know if you ever get that feeling. Have I done anything that's really worth something? Um, you know, I've heard people talk about legacy. You know, have you leave a legacy? And that doesn't mean, you know, we're not being uh, arrogant or kind of, uh, what's the word, um, it's all about me. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I want to feel like that, you know, when I've been somewhere, that when I leave that place, that I've made a difference, and that something of me and something of my life has counted for something. If the last seven years, right, okay, uh, has really resulted in no difference, me being here, then really I'm a bit worried. Um, and, and so I suppose that's the challenge that I realise that I want to give to, to you this morning. It's something that I believe God is challenging me for is what are we investing in that will leave a legacy for wherever we go? And I want to uh, title my sermon this morning, Investing in the Eternal. Because, you know, I've done lots of crazy things, I've done lots of silly things since I've been here, you know, and you could look at some things, you could look at the cafe and say, oh, Tim's been kind of a key part of making that happen, you know, that's his legacy. But at the end of the day, I, what, do you know what I really want? And I think this is, I, I, you know, I sense this as a church what we want, is we want a legacy that impacts the eternal. We want a legacy which does something and has eternal consequences. Amen? You know, we can do things that, you know, they may look great on the surface, but once they're gone and once I'm gone or two years past, it all fritters to nothing. You know, who knows whether this cafe will still be going in five years' time or ten years' time. We don't know. What we do know is that we're called to invest in the eternal today because we believe that by doing so, that we will impact things that we can never see or never understand, and we're building up for ourselves reward in heaven which will really count for something. And that's why I want to challenge us with this morning, We believe the Lord wants to challenge us. In our lives, are we investing in the eternal? And so I'd like us to start by looking uh, this morning uh, at a couple of scriptures. I'd like us to turn, if we can, to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 21. And <clears throat> I'm sorry, I know you probably wanted me to be you know, funny this morning or silly, but I just, in my heart, I really want to share with you that thing that I think is the most important thing. You know when you're leaving, it's your last, your last opportunity to stand and say something. You want to say the thing that matters to you most. And this is the thing that I realise matters to me more than anything else, is that each one of us set our hearts to pursue God above everything else. So let's read this, shall we? Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 21. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on... To make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straying forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you And now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And their glory is their shame. With minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. I'm going to ask us to read a second scripture. I'm going to ask us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. Just to drive home this sense of God speaking to us about the eternal things. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one of us take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay or straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the uh, the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. These are challenging passages of Scripture because what Paul is talking about, he's saying, do you know what, the foundation of the church is Jesus. Jesus is the foundation, but you and I are called to build. We're called to build our lives. We are made, Whether you know, Mike is here, which is great. Because I'm going to pick on Mike, right? Okay, it's good to have Mike back amongst us. Mike has done much building work in his time, right? Some of which has fallen down, yeah? (laughs) Probably not. But you know, if you're a good builder, when you hope you build something, you build it with good quality materials and it lasts. You know, if you go and you buy, you know, a cheap kitchen and you fit it in, the chances are that in a few years' time, it's not going to be any good. But if you build with the best materials, yeah, that thing will survive and still look good in 10, 15 years' time. And God is challenging us this morning about what we are building and the way in which we are living our lives and whether we are investing in the things that really matter or whether we're investing our lives in stuff which, to be honest, is cheap, is worthless and in the long term is all just going to get burnt up because one day you and I will stand before God. I hope you know that. Each one of us, no one of us can run away from this fact that we will stand before God. And it says quite clearly in the scripture that God will ask us what we've done with what he's given us. And that fire will come on the things that we've done. And the stuff that we've done that really matters, that will last. But the stuff we've done that doesn't matter, that will get burned up. And, you know, I want us to start thinking about this deeply because I'm just i convinced the more that we get hold of of jesus and doing what really matters to him the more our lives and the community around us will be transformed amen i want to illustrate this to you um, (coughs) with this rope now (coughs) this is a this is a good rope let's let's see if i can get it going out here drew do you want to extend that rope for me oh look it's got tied up drew's gonna untie this rope for me because i've got it tied up (coughs) Now, it's good rope, isn't it? Nice, long rope. Yeah, okay. And uh, we are nearly there, Drew. Look, look at Drew, look. Like a master of cabling, look. Just, uh, of unfurling rope. There we are. Untangling knots, yes. That's one thing he won't miss about me when I leave, I'm sure. I have this habit, when I'm on the guitar, I have this habit of doing this, right? right. Okay, and what happens is the lead twists and turns, and I can see Drew on the drums getting more and more irritated at me stop spinning round, yeah? It ruins the cables. Right, <clears throat> anyway, back to, back to the sermon. Um, <clears throat> so, I want you to imagine that this rope, this rope is a timeline. It's a timeline of your existence. Okay? It's a timeline of your existence. And, of course, this is quite a long rope. Um, you know, if you pulled it all the way out, it would be, you know, several metres uh, but I want you to imagine that this rope just keeps on going and going and going. Right, that is the timeline of your existence. Now, can you see this little bit here? This little bit here represents our life on Earth. This little bit here, this little bit of tape, this tiny, what, three or four centimetre piece. Of tape represents our time on earth. And you see, the thing is, is that what we do in these three or four centimetres affects the rest of eternity. Oh, look. <laughs> I flicks off the microphone there with me rope. Right. But what we do in this small section affects the rest of eternity. And you know, when people turn around, they say, You are crazy. What are you doing that for? They're, they're sort of worrying about, you know, how they're going to get from here to here. When we're invested in the eternal, we are thinking about what happens all the way out here. We're investing in something which would carry on for millions and millions of years. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a tough couple of years. God is interested in what we do. With this, because what we do with this period of time will affect the way that we live the rest of our existence. And I hope you understand that. I hope that picture makes you realize that God has got something wonderful purpose for you. Yes. Wonderful purpose for you. But we have to live in it, and it's not necessarily very easy, but what we do here affects us. And if all we do is live for this little period of time, then for the rest of eternity we will not receive the reward that God would have loved to have given us. Amen. So I want us to think this morning about three reasons why we don't make an eternal impact, why we don't invest in the eternal, why we're not people that are necessarily geared to thinking about the eternal. And the first is this. We use the wrong measurement. We use the wrong measurement. We measure success wrongly. See, in our kind of natural way of looking at things, we look at things that look great and are very well organised or, you know, things that appear to have done great kind of, or people that have done amazing things, and we can think that that's what it's all about. You know, if I've got this or if I've got that, you know, if I've you know, built a big church or if I've built a big cafe, then wow, I'm really doing something. But you see, you're measuring success by the wrong measurement. You're measuring success sometimes by the wrong measurement. We have to measure things by its eternal value. Now, I really hope, right, that this cafe becomes a successful enterprise, Right? I really hope it does. I really hope that in the next few years we see it kind of really become a very popular uh, venue. We hope that we see lots of people coming in for the community. Um, we really want to sell the best sandwiches. Um, we want to serve the best coffee. right? But doing all that is fantastic. And we may, people may come to our church and say, oh, you guys, you've done a fantastic coffee shop. It's amazing. You know, this is a brilliant thing you've done. But the question is... It's whether or not what we're doing counts in the eternal sense. Because just building a great coffee shop, just doing something that looks good on the outside, is not where eternal value can be found. You know, they gave me this lovely uh, T-shirt. Look. It's just a sandwich, yeah? It's just a sandwich. Right? I'm going to say again, it's not just a sandwich. It is not just... A sandwich. Do you know it's tough work in the cafe? It's tough work, right? Angela and Anna and Bev and people that work a lot in the cafe, you guys get tired. Right? You get tired. You think to yourself, I've had enough of this. I want to walk out of this place and I never want to come back in, right? Okay, and that's just when I've been in and just irritated them, right? But I want, to, I want to speak to you and I want to say to you this morning that when you leave here tired, when you leave here and you've loved people and you've made the best sandwiches you could and you've done the best coffee you could and you've given all your effort, you are not investing in building a great coffee shop. You're investing in the eternal. And you're doing something which will speak through the ages that you may not understand. The way that you made that cup of coffee ministered to Jesus and it ministered into the eternal and it's that little piece there, you're ministering something which will impact through the years and years and years of your existence. And we need to live our lives with this in our mindset. I want to ask you the question, Do you minister? is your, is your aim in life to minister into the unseen? Because the eternal things are the unseen things. And that's why this is difficult to get our heads around. The eternal things are the unseen things. It's the way in which we live our life in the unseen that really matters. What counts is not whether we build a good coffee shop, but whether we trusted the Lord. What matters is not whether we uh, have served the best coffee, but whether we did it in a sacrificial, loving way. That's what matters. What matters is not whether we become the best-known church in Elton. Everyone loves Elton. We get packed out. There's thousands of people coming. That's not what matters. What matters for eternal value is the way in which we are ministering and living our lives to Jesus. Because do you know what? When you minister something in the eternal, the principalities and the powers, they sit up and they tremble. When someone comes to you and has a go at you and shouts in your face and you choose not to take offence and you choose to let it go, right? something is ministered throughout eternity right? that you will never see or never understand until you get to heaven and the principalities and powers around begin to shake because Jesus is being ministered. Because Jesus' life is beginning to flow and it affects things that you will never see or never understand. I do not understand how the spiritual world works, but I understand this, is that when people live... Like Jesus, things change. And that is our challenge, is that we measure things. All The first reason we do not necessarily be at invest in the eternal is because we look at the wrong things. We look at all the seen things instead of the unseen things. So that's the first thing. The second reason why I think often we don't invest in the eternal. Can someone get me a drink? Um, we don't invest in the eternal. Oh, look at that. is because of emotional bonds. Emotional bonds. Last night, Helen and I were driving home after a really lovely evening. Right, it was a really lovely evening. You guys were just way too kind to us, and you really said some really nice things. It's, you know, it's very easy to be the centre of attention when you're kind of being stupid or you're in control of it. When people start being nice to you, right, it's just really uncomfortable, right? <laughs> okay? It's really uncomfortable when people are nice to you, right? And as Helen was driving home in the car, she said to me, she looked at me, and she said... Um, Do do you think we've done the right thing? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we've done the right thing in leaving? Right? Are you sure we shouldn't be leaving? Because, you know... And you know what? I felt the same way. In my heart. You've already taken the money, too. You've already taken the money, It's fine. The transfer fee's already gone through. You know, we could stay, and we could stay, but we'd be doing it because we're allowing our emotion to guide and dictate our actions, and we are not called to be emotional people. We're called to be spiritual people. The call of God is greater on our lives than on our emotion. You know, the truth is that so many times we stay when we should go because we're too comfortable and we're too settled with where we are. And we don't want to hurt people. We don't want to upset people. It's all good. We love the place where we love the people. We love you. You love us. I don't know why, but you do. And... And the thing is, is that we could quite happily stay where we are. But we're not called to just be comfortable and stay where we are. If we're going to invest in the eternal, we have to say, do you know what? We're investing in something. We trust that the Lord will lead us into something. And the Lord will lead us into something good. There's people in this room that should have moved on to years ago to new things in Christ. And they're still in the same place because you're comfortable and you're happy. And that's lovely that you're happy. But God's intention wasn't to make you happy. God's intention was to lead you into something that will ripple through eternity. And you're thinking, oh, I want to be happy. And you're worrying about whether or not you can get the nice car and the good house because you want to be comfortable in your retirement. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God because you'll get to a point and you'll get to heaven and you'll stand for God and God will say, you've earned it, son. Now enjoy it. There are men and women that have suffered and given their life over and over again and consistently I've been blessed that my parents and Helen's parents consistently made decisions through their life to do things. Helen's mum and dad sent their children away for 3,000 miles to do school in another place because they wanted to serve the Lord. That's tough emotionally to send your kids to boarding school. But the Lord has brought it back to them in this life. But in next life, their reward will be unbelievable. And what that speaks in eternity, we will not understand. And we need to be people that think like that. So what's the third reason? The first reason is we measure by the wrong, the wrong things. The second is that we make emotional attachments that we're not prepared to break for Jesus. And the third thing is that life is a battle. There is a battle going on for your impact in eternity. right? There are two, there are two forces that are strongly at work in you, or at work on your life, that we need to be aware of. The first is yourself. You have an earthly body. Mine is a great body, right? Okay? You saw the pictures of me in Lycra. Anyone who's seen the pictures of me in Lycra will know it's a body worth having, right? Okay? But this earthly body is a a fleshly body. It It has been born with the spirit of Adam, right? Which wars against the spirit. Everything in me, the natural sense in me, is pulling against God right, okay, because so everything naturally in me, it makes sense, like, it's, it makes sense to just stay where we are, you know, it makes sense to, you know, sort of keep, you know, work a, a job and, and get a pension and then we'll be comfortable, it makes sense, that all makes sense and everything in us is telling us that those kind of things make sense and sometimes that's absolutely what God's will for you is, I'm not saying it's wrong to take a job, right, what I'm saying is there's this natural sense where we will have these urges that are natural, that are against God, but the other thing is is that you have the enemy, right? The devil who is working his absolute best to deceive you and distract you from investing in eternal things because he knows that if you begin to give your life, live your life in view of the eternal, that he is going to start losing power over people in this estate, he's going to start losing power over you, The things are going to start to happen and his whole ambition is to keep you focused on the here and now and what's happening today, and not worrying about investing. You just stay right where you are. You just stay comfortable. You just, just, you know, and it makes sense. Oh, you know, the Lord just, the Lord doesn't want me to be tired. Really? Anyone that's done ministry for any period of time realises that it's quite hard work. There is a battle going on in your life for your investment in the eternal. And you just, and, you, and it's a battle that you fight almost daily. Right, But you don't need to be afraid of this battle. You don't need to worry about it. But you just need to realise it's going on. You need to realise your natural instincts and you are being led into trying to think that the devil do everything he can to keep your eyes fixed on your feet. Or on the next 20 years. But he needs to keep your eyes fixed on the next million years. Amen? So that's some of the reasons why we don't live in the eternal. So what does it mean then? So okay, there's the reasons why we don't live in the eternal, invested in the eternal. But what about... What does it mean, what does it look like when we begin to invest in the eternal? How do we live differently once we leave this room? And I want to just pick up some things that I really felt that God, there's many things that we could talk about, but I just have got a few. And the first is this, prayer. If Jim were here, he'd say amen, <laughs> right? You know, I've learned a lot. One of the things I think I've learned most in the last seven years from Eltim is about prayer. I've learned an awful lot from John, um, and I think there's we have got in this church a very, very powerful group of people who probably get missed out at first look. Yeah, people that pray and pray faithfully and consistently and intercede. You know, and I used to see when I uh, was younger, I used to see prayer as just a tool in my Christian toolkit. You know, if you want to get a job done, if we want the cafe to be successful, what we need is we need to power it up with some prayer, you know. Like, it's a bit like a fuel, you know. You kind of give it some oomph, bit of prayer, you know, get a bit passionate, you know, get God going, you know, get him kind of wound up as though somehow God was kind of, you know, sort of wasn't, you know, just, you know... And, uh, you know, or we pray because we need his stamp of approval. You know, like, I want to do this, God, I really think it's a great idea, can you just, I'm going to pray that you would just give it your stamp of approval. You know, or I really wanted, and my wife has really been praying for this, that He God would mould me into a better man, right? <laughs> okay, that prayer is somehow God's way of changing me to make me a better person. And all of those things, in some respects, have truth. But essentially, I think I view prayer as... A spiritual activity with purely an earthly purpose. Right? Do you understand what I mean by that? Right? It's a spiritual activity that really had an earthly purpose. But you see, one thing I've learned, and I think this was, Oswald Chambers said this brilliantly, and we had it up on our wall for a long time, and I think it's one of the best quotes I've ever read about prayer. And it just says this, prayer doesn't fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Prayer doesn't fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Why is prayer the greater work? Because it's an investment in the eternal. It's an investment in the unseen. When you pray, you have no guarantee. The truth is, if anyone's prayed for long enough, you realize there's no guarantees that if you pray for something, that it's going to immediately happen or necessary you're going to see it in your lifetime. And if you so, if you have this kind of uh, mindset of prayer that prayer is really about creating earthly consequences, then after a while, the truth is you get a bit discouraged, or you find it a challenge, or you find it exhausting. But when you come to realise that prayer is about coming and communing with God and about basically investing in the eternal, it changes the whole way that you pray it changes your whole view on prayer because you realise that you might spend an hour and think, I've virtually said nothing and I think my head wandered and I thought about Netflix and I was on this and I was on that but you know what? The Lord says, I saw that you dedicated an hour to sit alone with me and the impact of that ripples through eternity and it ripples through the church and it ripples through the community in ways that you will never see and never understand. And we need to get our hearts into this place where we're committed to the things that are not easy. You know, we can, believe me, I would love to rush around and do, 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 and pray not a lot. Right? Or just chuck up a quick prayer. You know, I'm running around and sort of somehow like, you know, shoot an arrow up to heaven. God, would you give me some assistance? But that's investing in the natural. That's investing in the earthly. We need to be men and women that see that prayer is the key to seeing things change. You know, I read a, a quote by Andrew Murray that said, prayer is reaching out after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporal. Fasting helps express, deepen, confirm the, revolu- the resolution we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. We all hate prayer meetings. Well, I used to. I used to hate prayer meetings. My, my, my natural man hates prayer meetings. But as I've come into a deeper deeper experience of God... I love spending time in prayer meetings. And as you mature in Christ, you will find that spending time in prayer is the most valuable thing that you can do with your day. And I struggle with it every day still. I still struggle to get up and pray every day. I don't, you know, I manage it less than I should. But I'm pressing on towards the goal of the upward call of Jesus Christ. And that is to invest in a life of prayer. So that's the first thing. Invest in prayer. That's an eternal thing. The second is invest in sacrificial service. Sacrificial service. Right? When I lived here, Helen and I lived here, I noticed something. I noticed that every Sunday, after everyone else was gone, that Daphne and Carmen, who's gone to be with the Lord, will always be the last ones out the door. Sorry, Daphne. Now, either they were just really slow at washing up. Right? <coughs> Which might have been the case. Or what you see is their heart, which just says, do you know what, I want to serve. No one, ever, no, one, no one ever asked them to do it, as far as I'm aware. Right? They never asked for any praise. They never asked for anyone to say, look at me, look what I'm doing. But their heart their life was, I am just going to serve the Lord. And that counts for the eternal. That's what we talk about. That has an impact. That's the kind of thing that ripples through eternity. It's not the kind of thing that anyone notices, But it's the thing that God notices. It's the thing that when we look at our lives, we ask ourselves, and I'm a lover of doing things and everyone going, Tim, you are the man, right? I love it when you guys tell me how great I am, right? But the truth is God doesn't care less what you think about me. What he's interested in is the heart that I did it with. Was it sacrificial? Do you know, where's Betty? 30 years Betty did communion. Is that right? Right. 30 years, every Sunday, or once a month, she used to get the bread and the wine every Sunday, right? She was desperately trying to get rid of the job, right? For years. And it's expressing that heart which says, I am doing the thing that, even though I don't particularly want to do it, it ministers something in the eternal. We all like the lovely flowers out the front, don't we? And the fact that it's not got all the rubbish that's been blown in from the co-op. Because Nikki week after week, at half past four in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, we'll come down and we'll do the flowers. You know, no, we don't see that because I'm not up that early, right? But the Lord sees it and it ministers. And you wonder why people in this church are getting saved. It's because there's people around us that are doing things like that that minister in the spiritual realms that you and I don't understand. You know, I'm going to pick on Drew. Drew, you know, when I first arrived seven years ago, the PA was a mess, right? Okay, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work, right? Sometimes it was too loud, you know, invariably it went wrong, right? Drew has faithfully given lots and lots of hours to mean that, really, the truth is that our sound is pretty good pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot was said about me last night, about how great I am, and I loved it. It was good, more of it, more (laughs) of it. (laughs) But you know the thing that blessed me more than anything else was what people said about Helen. Because it would be easy to over... I'm going to pick on you, dear. Right? But Helen reminds me of what it is. Right? When I get too big for my boots, Helen reminds me what it means to live like Jesus. What it means to do years and years of just quietly doing the crash Or doing the, the washing up or something like that. Because I think if Jesus was in this church, I think that's where you'd find him week after week. You'd find him doing the stuff that just... It's sacrificial. No one's there. No one notices. It's unseen, but God sees it. And it's the thing that matters. It's the thing that ministers. It's the thing that we should be about. I'm not saying that we all just, you know, rush to do the washing up. But in our hearts, it's a sacrificial commitment that says, I will serve you, Lord, in any place, at any time, in anywhere. If no one sees me, even though I get tired of doing it, even though it's boring, I'm going to continue to do it because it ministers into the eternal. And I want to have an eternal reward that when I get there, you say, that was those cups were washed up week after week and I loved it. Because amen, amen. the Lord loves it, doesn't it? Amen. The Lord is looking for a given heart that's the second thing sacrificial service the third thing is this is suffering is suffering i want to read to you two corinthians chapter four verses 16 to 18 which speaks again of this eternal impact it says therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us for a far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now I spoke to Mike before the meeting, and he was whinging on, right, about all his various different health ailments. Yeah, all right. I want to encourage you, Mike, in all seriousness, that you struggling and, you know, just thinking, why, why can't I just, you know, why can't I just be 100% well? But this light affliction is storing up glory and eternity for you and for your wife. I mean, for your people that you minister to. When you minister, you get up and you think, I don't want to get up this morning because I feel rough. And you go out and you still love people. The Lord says, that's what I'm about. That's where Jesus is at. And that's what our life should be about. And when we suffer, if you're suffering this morning, if you're thinking, I am just, I am suffering, I feel sick, or my family situation is a mess, or my job situation is difficult, or my personal circumstances are not what I want them to be, if you can look to the Lord and trust him in it, and continue to serve him and continue to love him, and not waver, you are storing up. What does it say here? It says, verse 17, for our light affliction... Now, light affliction, why is it a light affliction? Because it's impacting this bit. Which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. The evidence... Of God at work in the eternal, is you and I suffering? Do we want to leave today? No. Will we find ourselves suffering at points in the years ahead? Absolutely. But you know, the Lord is with us, and every time we go through something difficult, we are soaring up for ourselves treasure in heaven, and we are impacting the world around us in ways that we will never understand. When you argue, God) When you argue with God and you say, I've had enough of this. You know, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. The Lord has already blessed you. The Lord is already pouring out his goodness. And you think, God, why did you take me through this? And it's because it matters for eternity. And the more that you complain, in a way, the more that you're not trusting God and you're missing out on all that God wants to bless you with. Amen. To be able to say, Lord, take me through. it. you know, the Apostle Paul knew that, didn't he? The Apostle Paul knew what it was to be shipwrecked He knew what it was to be beaten, to be stoned, to be abused, to be rejected, to be persecuted. And through it all, he's still impacting the world 2,000 years later. Amen. And the fourth thing, and I want to, this is the, the, I suppose, the last point really. Why, what does it mean to serve the Lord in the eternal? And for me, I want to share with you, it is going through with God when you feel exhausted, I, I'll be honest, Right, I, I don't know if you look at my eyes, I'm tired. I am tired, right? I've realised that for the last, particularly the last six weeks, I've just felt tired. And you know, it's not a physical tiredness, it's an emotional tiredness. And it's a spiritual tiredness. And it's a uh, uh, mental tiredness. And I'm not spiritually dry, I don't I feel the Lord has been very much with me in prayer, and I know him, and it's not that I'm, you know, out of the Lord's will, but you just, I don't know if you get to the point, you think, I'm tired. And I really thought, I just thought a Christmas, I thought, Lord, all I want to do is I want to just go to a church somewhere, I want to sit, I want to preach a few nice sermons, and I want to just, you know, go home, I want to have a nice, comfortable armchair that looks out, a nice view, and I want to have a cup of tea, and I want to just sit down. And that is always the challenge to us, is there is always this draw in us that says, oh, just, I'm tired, I'm tired, and I, you know what, I feel tired this morning But I felt really challenged, and this is what the Lord was saying to me, right? Will you go again, Tim? Will you go again? You know, it's easy to say, it might sound odd to you if you're not been a Christian very long, but it's easy to say yes to Jesus the first time. But let me tell you, it doesn't get easier. Because the 50th time you say yes to Jesus, this point you know what it costs. You know that you're going to find your life laid out on the altar again. You know you're going to get to the position where you're tired and you've had enough. And the Lord is somehow, you know, but you know that God's with you. And you know the Lord says, I want you to go again. And you say, Lord, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can go again, Lord. I'm tired and I've had to keep going. I've had to keep loving and I've had to keep, all I want to do is I want to find somewhere comfortable to sit and drink tea on my own. But this is Jesus. When the Lord says, get up and go. And you think, I don't want to. Don't want to go. But the Lord says go and you go. Mm. And all of heaven rejoices. Amen. All of heaven. Because you're living as a citizen of heaven. Because you're saying that, you, my God, is more important to me than anything else. Yeah, right. And I can go through it again and again because he strengthens me and he enables me. You know, if you think this Christian life is going to be a doddle, you've got the wrong Christian life. Mm. Because if you want your life to... Ca- to count through eternity, it will cost you on this earth. But I'm willing to pay that cost. I don't know if you are, because Jesus is amazing. And Jesus deserves it. And he deserves everything I've got to give. And I want to give him everything I've got. And I want to get to the end of my days. And I want the Lord to look at me and say, Tim, you ran your race well. You continue to press on for the upward call of God. And that's what you and I need to be about. That's what really matters. Everything else doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you produce great things or you don't produce great things. It doesn't matter when nobody will remember your name in 10 years' time. What matters is that you ministered into something that God asked you to do, and you did it with all your heart. And if you do that, let me tell you, the impact of this church will be felt through generations and generations and generations. I've come to realise, right... That basically, Tim Cross, in and of himself, is quite self-centered, a touch arrogant, quite proud. And when I do things, what you get is me. But I've discovered that the more I allow Jesus to come into my life, the more that he comes out. The more he comes in, the more he comes out. When you listen to me preach and you think, oh, that really blessed me this morning, you're not listening to me, really. You're listening to the ministry of Jesus. Amen. When I've said something kind to you or someone's done something nice to you and they've blessed you with a hug or just a gentle word, it wasn't them, it was Jesus. And you see, it's Jesus that really ministers. It just it, it hit me so hard the other day. It's, our life, it's the life of Jesus in us that really ministers to people. And so the, the call and the challenge to us is, will we allow Christ to take more and more of our lives? Because the more he has of us, the more we minister. I was talking to someone and they were talking about the impact that Alan and Esme have had on their life. The kindness that they've shown. And the reason is, is, because they're just being Jesus. It comes naturally to them to just be kind and to love And it's Jesus flowing out of you. And that is the challenge. That is our response this morning. It's really, really simple. The Christian life, basically you strip it all away and it gets real simple. Will you let Jesus have it all? Will you give Jesus complete control of your life? You know, if that's the one thing that I leave with you after our seven years, it's this. Give your whole life to Jesus because that's what really matters. Give out everything to him. And I want to challenge you this morning. I want to say, are you living your whole life for Jesus? Are there areas in your life which you know that God needs to take control of? You're like, no, no. I'm living all for Jesus. Really? Because I tell you, I know I'm not. I know there are areas in my life which I'm bringing daily into submission to God. Are you sure this morning that you've given Jesus everything? Are you sure you're not holding on to a bit of offence? You're not holding on to a bit of bitterness. You're not holding on to what you hope is going to happen. You know, if you were to walk out of this room in your, in your mind and to say to the Lord, Lord, my life is completely yours. Who knows what's going to happen today? Who knows what's going to happen in a year's time? But my life is completely yours. I could find myself the other end of the world, but I'm willing. How many of us in our real heart of hearts would say that to the Lord Jesus? You know, Moody, who was a great revivalist, saw God do amazing things, uh, said, said, the world is yet to see... The power of a man or a woman who have really let God take complete control of their life. And this morning there are a hundred people in front of me. And if a hundred people were to invest in the eternal, to allow Jesus complete reign in their life, the impact would be devastating to this place around us. The impact would be devastating in the eternal. You know, I'm going to ask you this morning to respond to the Lord. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you really living fully for Jesus? Are you investing in the eternal? Are you holding on to something? And maybe you've never really given your life to Christ. This morning is the morning and it's real simple. All you do is say, Jesus, I'm sorry for all that I've done and I want to give you my life for eternity. It's that simple. And so I'm just going to ask you, if you know this morning that you need to respond to this, that you know there are things in your life where you're not given over to the Lord, that as I pray in a minute, I'm going to ask you to Stand. I'm going to ask you to stand as a response to God and I'm going to ask us to sing Jesus, all for Jesus. All I am and have, all I ever will be is for you. Let's just praise you. Lord, it's been a blessing. It's been an honour to be with these people for the last seven years. You added me to this family. Lord, but really you are my father. You are my king. You are my leader, and I will follow you wherever you go. I will do whatever you ask of me, or I will do my best to do it anyway, Lord. Lord, I want to allow you complete control, because I realise that really what matters is not what happens in this life, but what it stores up for the next. Lord, and I want to be someone that invests every day in the eternal, invests in seeing you move in ways that I cannot see or do not understand, but is invested in the spiritual ministry. Lord, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning. I want to pray, Lord, that if there's any areas of their life, Lord, which you want to put your finger on this morning, if your Holy Spirit is touching even now that place in someone's heart, that they would respond to you and not just put it off. Lord, not just allow distractions to come in, but to say, yes, Lord, I know, again, I need to give everything I am to you. Everything I am to you. Because that's what matters. When we boil it all down, when we strip away everything, Lord, what matters is Jesus Christ. And a life where we have said, I will press on for the upward call of God. I want to encourage you now, if you know this morning that you need to respond to the Lord in some way, do not do this lightly. Do not do it just because other people around you do it. But if you know in your heart that there are things that God wants to take from you, You know you've not been living for Jesus. You know you've been holding on to things. I want you to stand up as a response and let the Lord come and take complete control again of your life. Stand up if you know that you need the Lord to come and move in your life again this morning. If you know you want God to move and minister in you. If you know that there's things in your life that you think, Jesus, I'm holding on to that. I'm not sure I'd give that one up. It's a dangerous thing to stand up this morning. It's a dangerous thing to put your hands in the life of God. Put your life in the hands of God. It's a dangerous thing, and yet the safest thing you'll ever do. Jesus, Jesus, would you, as we, we're gonna, as we sing, Jesus for Jesus. I pray for those that have responded this morning to you. you would deal with any hurt that's in them, that they would walk out of here with a deeper sense of freedom and liberty in their soul because they've committed their lives to you, Jesus. I pray that you would impact, you would impact this community because of this church for years and years because there's lives that have been laid down in the eternal.